Get ready today because um, I'm praying you and I will be reinvigorated in our passion of the urgency for the gospel. So my passion for the gospel, my purpose in the gospel, when you understand the passion of the gospel of Christ in you, then it's the purpose that comes from that, that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm taking the, the message of Christ and I'm supposed to give it my purpose in the gospel and then perspective in the gospel. This is our goal, to see passion leading to purpose, leading to perspective, to think beyond ourselves, to think to our neighborhoods, our community, our province, our nation, our world. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Live in the Light. We're so thankful, as always, that you've chosen to be here today. We're praying that as God's Word is unfolded, your lives would see radical transformation through the revelation of God's Word. Hey, today we're beginning a brand new series. We're calling it Gospel Advance. And joining me in our studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And Robbie, today's message for us is, well, it's all about purpose, right? Purpose indeed, the greatest purpose ever, the power of God for salvation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's a truth that can never, ever become boring to us, never become stale. And that's why we take the time right now to unpack it and we pray, unleash it into the heart of our listeners, that God would use it mightily to remind us of that which has saved us and spurs us on to keep going in the midst of how difficult this life can be. There's so much hope and it's all rooted and found in the glory and the news, again, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the purpose today for you, we pray you will find it and you will have passion being lit in your heart again of this news has transformed you and again will carry you. Maybe so. Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And what more can be said except go Lord. Let's go in our Bibles to Acts 26. And today's message again, the gospel is my purpose. Let's turn things over to Robbie now. Get a Bible and let's turn to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26 is where we are today. And we start on the gospel, on the gospel advancing, on the gospel being seen in our lives, but then taking from our lives. And pretty excited about this is called uh, gospel advance. And I like this image right here as the light is shining into the darkness because that's what the gospel is. We are called to be, of course, the light of the world with Jesus Christ and the salt of the earth to shine that way. Whenever the gospel is spoken, it is light shining into the darkness as well. And we have a real purpose and goal as we seek to be used for Christ with the message that has been entrusted to us. So here's the goal of this series. I want to make sure it's very clear. There's, there's no uh, questions or misunderstanding. Let's get all on the same page. Here's the goal of the next three weeks, really the goal for our lives as well. Uh, we're just seeking to reinvigorate um, our passion or my passion for the gospel. Reinvigorate so key because what happens often when it comes to the message of the gospel in our lives, we know it's important, but we get lazy or we get apathetic or we just kind of find ourselves going through the motions and we forget to understand the importance and the power of the gospel in us and also through us. 
So this series, and, and, and get ready today, because um, I'm praying you and I will be reinvigorated in our passion of the urgency for the gospel. So my passion for the gospel, my purpose in the gospel, when you understand the passion of the gospel of Christ in you, then it's the purpose that comes from that, that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm taking the, the message of Christ and I'm supposed to give it my purpose in the gospel and then perspective in the gospel. This is our goal, to see passion leading to purpose, leading to perspective, to think beyond ourselves, to think to our neighborhoods, our community, our province, our nation, our world. I mean, this is the call of our lives in the very great commission itself. So this is our goal. Now, when this happens, happens, what happens? Urgency is in our lives. Um, we, get, we get humbled in the process because we see how God, you are awesome. You have entrusted us with this. I am humbled at the reality of the gospel. This helps us think globally as well. Uh, this life is short. This world is small in so many senses. And God has in, given us, again, entrusted us with a message. It brings to us the reality of why we're here. I mean, Let's just be honest. So many of us, we just, we just fall from this. We, we think it's about us and we just go through the motions and we're not doing what God has called us to do. This series is designed to wreck all of that and to bring in the reality of, 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 of who we are. And I got one more thing I want to show you then. For the next three weeks, this is where we're going within this series. I just want to give it to you right now. Week number one, the gospel is my purpose. Listen, you got to share it. That's today. The gospel is my purpose. You got to share it. Week number two, we're going to see this. The gospel comes at a cost. You got to count it. There's no question that Jesus and the rest of the authors in the Bible explain to us very clearly that if you're actually going to live for Jesus Christ, you're going to be opposed. And the Bible is crystal clear that if you're actually going to go for the things of Jesus Christ, it's going to come at a cost. Loved ones, we need to be prepared for what's coming. And a lot of us are not. If we're honest, a lot of us want ease and comfort and things to just go smoothly. If we want ease and comfort and things to go smoothly, we don't want the gospel and its reality in our lives. We don't. So next week, we're gonna look at some aspects of what it means to actually live for Christ and the persecuted church and stuff like that. So week number one then is the gospel is my purpose. Share it. Loved ones, please hear this. True purpose is so powerful. True purpose is so powerful. It's purpose that gets us up in the morning. It's purpose that stimulates our brain and our mind with ideas. It's purpose that fires up our heart with emotion. It's purpose that can carry us through the darkest storm. It's purpose that can lift us to the highest mountain. It's purpose that causes us to see light at the end of the tunnel. It's purpose that motivates, accelerates, and stimulates within our lives. It's purpose that calls for sacrifice from us. It's purpose that demands our best. It's purpose that eliminates apathy and despises lethargy. Loved ones, purpose is so, so powerful. Listen, listen, true Purpose will give life, but a lack of true purpose will steal life from you. I have a godfather. Grew up with him, of course, a good man. He's in Collingwood. He's a financial advisor. I met with him a couple of years ago. 
heard about what he's doing. It's interesting. He told me a story. He said, Rob, you know what? I work with so many business execs who are retired in the city here in Toronto, make a pile of money. They go up to call them when they retire. They play golf, they ski, they hang out, do whatever. They've reached their fulfillment. This is, this is the goal at the end, right? All the sacrifice, all the time, all the money that's saved up. And here we go. We start living our life now. And he says, it's amazing. You'd be so surprised that so many of these business execs with all their time and money, they come up and they find themselves pretty quickly getting pretty bored pretty fast. They're lacking purpose to the extent that many of them will actually rent an empty office space and they will go there and set up a chair and a desk and read their newspaper. Why? Because all their lives have been searching for purpose and they thought their purpose was getting to the end with the money and the golf and the skiing and the leisure time and they get there and it's found wanting. The purpose does not add up. The purpose does not make sense. The purpose is not fulfilling that which they thought it would. And again, there they are saying, why am I really here? Loved ones, hear this, hear this, and be encouraged. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have and we hold a purpose of infinite satisfaction. We have in Jesus Christ a purpose of eternal worth, of eternal value, and eternal life. I mean, just just think about that statement. We hold a purpose because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of eternal power, of eternal worth, and yes, literally, of eternal life. No one else in this world but a born-again child of God can boast of such things. Oh, think of such purpose, to live out such purpose, to speak of such purpose, the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as we feed on God's word today, we want one or all of three things to happen to us today as we are reminded or informed of the greatest purpose ever in the gospel of Jesus Christ. One or all of three things. The first person might be saying this, man, I'm, I'm hearing this, bring on my purpose, please. Please, please, I've been looking for purpose my whole life. I need to know my purpose. The second person might be saying, remind me of my purpose. Please, please remind me, I've been distracted I, I, I've been following self. I've been going after the world. I've fallen off my bike, but I, I sense it already. God's saying, get out of the ditch. Get on my bike. Let's go. Let's go. Let's ride now for the gospel. Please remind me of my purpose, God, in your word. And maybe the third person could be saying, um, um, I must apply my purpose today. I know my purpose in Christ, but now I got to do something about it. The gospel's too rich to ignore. The gospel's too great to sit inactive. I got to do something about it. After all, it's the commission that is upon my life. Bring on my purpose. Remind me of my purpose. I must apply my purpose. Father, help us, I pray, in these things right now. Oh God, I pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and for your glory. Oh God, I pray you would. Oh God, I pray that you would bring such conviction and love and power upon your church and your people. Oh God, I pray you will renew our minds and spur us on to love, good deeds, and such power for the gospel, which is, oh God, your power of salvation. Oh God, I pray, I pray and beg you would grab us so tightly and so lovingly though that we would say, this is for me. Now is the time. Free me from myself and free me to worship you, Lord, with my life. And then to tell others, to tell others of the purpose of our existence for the glory of God. Please, oh God, take this church now and do something special with it for you. This is our purpose, Lord. Help us to fulfill it. Forgive us when we've been so lazy and so complacent. But today's a new day again. Another opportunity where you reach into our hearts and say, you child, you have been called to something great. It's time for you to fulfill your purpose with my strength 
And for my glory, God says, may it be so, Lord, may it be so. In Jesus' name, amen, church? Acts 26, let's get some context. This is so great. I, I really like this passage. In Acts 26, the apostle Paul finds himself in Caesarea on the shores of the Mediterranean. He's standing before King Agrippa. King Agrippa has the reign over several cities. Prior to this, Paul had been in Jerusalem where he was testifying to the risen Christ. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Jesus Christ died, was buried. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And because he was doing that, many of the Jews were trying to kill him and murder him. So Paul then was secretly transferred from Jerusalem to Caesarea for his safety, where he would be in prison there for the extent of two years. Now, it was Portius Festus who succeeded Felix as governor. And as Festus came in as governor, he inherited this controversial case with this little Jewish man named Paul. And so King Agrippa is coming in and the Bible specifically tells us in Acts 26 that King Agrippa came in with all his pomp, all his pomp and glamour. King Agrippa loved his pomp. That's a good word, isn't it? Pomp. King Agrippa came in with all his pomp. Yes, with all his pomp and he's there and he loves himself and he feels himself so important, but he's also very curious about this, again, this little Jewish man and he wants to hear his story. He wants to know what's going on and we can read into the text later on that something was stirring in King Agrippa's heart. So there he is and King Agrippa coming in all his Pomp, yes, yes. And he's asking some questions now. Now, what's happening here? As we set up Acts 26, what's happening here is Paul is once again being set up by the sovereignty of God and for the glory of God to fulfill his greatest purpose. And that takes us to point number one. What is my purpose? It's this, proclaim the gospel. What is my purpose? Proclaim the gospel. How? With my words and my life. With my words and my life, my purpose is to proclaim the gospel. Listen, for the glory of God. For the glory of God with my words and with my life. So again, Acts 26, Paul is standing before King Agrippa and Agrippa gives him permission to speak. That's verse one. Paul then begs King Agrippa to listen intently and patiently with his words. That's verse three. Just live in the Bible, lovers. Live in the Bible, right? There's Paul before this king. He's about to testify of his own saving, of the saving grace upon his life. And he's like, he's like, I beg you, Agrippa, listen and listen patiently. Don't give up on me. I'm going to talk a lot. It's a good thing for a pastor to say and a preacher to say, isn't it? Please listen intently and be patient, be patient. And Paul begins explaining his background as a Pharisee. He tells Agrippa, I was an enemy and a persecutor of the church. I was seeking the ruin. That's verses four to 10. And now verse 11 in Acts 26 provides a very good summary. Paul says this, he says, and I punished them, Christians, and I punished Christians often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme, wow, and in raging fury, wow, and in raging fury, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Okay, Paul has the attention of the king. Paul has the attention of all who are listening. They're hearing about his past and they're wondering about his present. Now, whether they knew him well or not, they would all know this guy's not the same man he used to be. They're all picking up the purpose that is starting to fill kind of in the room. He's radically changed, but the question is, why has he radically changed? The answer is in verse 12. Take a look, verse 12. Paul says, in this connection, I journeyed to Damascus trying to kill Christians with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, 
I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am, tell me, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this, tell me, purpose to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, notice to whom I am sending you. Okay, so check this out. We're living in the text. He begins to tell his salvation story again. Purpose is, is flowing and the people are picking up a fragrance of purpose. They're starting to sense there's something different. You know, our lives should do the same. Our lives living authentically for Jesus Christ should give off a fragrance of purpose. There should be, not everyone's gonna love the fragrance, but it should give off one. There should be something about us that is seen, something different, something people wonder about, just like Paul here, he's telling a story and people are starting, whether they like it or not, that's not the point. It's that they know something different is there with them. Do you see what's happening here? Paul is declaring his own private commissioning from Jesus Christ. Paul was going through life on his own path. He was following his own purpose. And then out of nowhere, Jesus, and it's so great. Out of nowhere, Jesus enters in and literally knocks him over with light from heaven. They all fall down, it says. Jesus knocks him over. So Jesus says, this is my paraphrase of Paul's testimony in this section right here. Jesus enters into Paul's life and says, hey, Paul, 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 listen, listen. Your purpose is done. My purpose for your life has just arrived. Hey, Paul, you want to go? You want to try to persecute the church? You're going to hate me, all that kind of stuff? You go through, light shines. Hey, Paul, listen, listen, you're done, I'm in. Your purpose is gone, my purpose has arrived. How many of us have the same story? Going through life, following our own ambition, our own desires, our own purposes, thinking we know it all. And by the grace and the mercy and the love of God, in some form, light shines down from heaven and Jesus Christ becomes real in your life. Your eyes are open. You can now see you are saved, you are redeemed, and Jesus stands over you and says, my child, your purpose is gone and my purpose for your life has now arrived. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is awesome. And that's what the gospel does. Jesus says to you, think about that. Think about that. Apply it to your life. Your purpose is gone, Louis. My purpose now for your life has arrived. Awesome. The power of the gospel and when you sense that purpose, you're not looking for the things of the past. When you see it for what it is, you want Jesus Christ. Paul was no different. Check out verse 16. Jesus says, stand up on your feet. I love that. It's time for action. You know what Jesus is saying here? No couch potatoes allowed in the gospel. No way, man. We've got something to do. We've got a message to bring. Life is too short. We can't sit back doing nothing. We've been saved for this purpose. Jesus says, I have appeared to you for this purpose. Paul, Paul, I have transformed your soul. I have literally regenerated your life, your spirit, your heart, your whole, whole being for the purpose of preaching the gospel. Look at the purpose Jesus explains to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things which you have seen. See the verb appoint there? That's significant because it means beforehand. The meaning is of beforehand. It tells us then Paul has, just think, Paul has been set apart before his birth to carry the task of preaching the gospel. 
Before he was born, God had set him aside to give him the task of preaching the gospel. He is to be a servant and a witness, a witness of the resurrected Christ, but also a proclaimer of the gospel. That is so amazing that you and Christ have been set apart. I and Christ have been set apart before we were born. Before we were born. That's just for Paul. No, no, it's not just for Paul. There's a great commission that Jesus gave to the entire church. That we're to go make disciples and teaching them all that Jesus has taught us. Listen, loved one, set apart before you were born for the task of carrying the gospel. Here's a question. Are you doing it? Are we doing it? Well, I'm a little bit afraid. I don't really like to talk about doing it. You were set apart. I was set apart before I was even born for the task of the mission entrusted with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says to Paul at the end of verse 17, to whom I am sending you. You see here, what Paul has just received is the greatest purpose and privilege known to humans. There is no higher calling than the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the message of life itself. And you might read Acts 26 and you might be saying, well, isn't this a command to Paul specifically? Isn't this a command specific just to him? I say, yes, in part it is. Paul was certainly set apart in a unique way for a unique purpose, but to write off our responsibility from this text, again, is to completely disregard the Great Commission. And notice the exciting parallels from this text that we have before us and the Great Commission in Matthew 28. In our text, Paul is commissioned, Paul is sent, and Paul is called to preach the gospel. Sound familiar? I mean, sound familiar? There's Jesus, again, over his disciples and to us, commissioning, sending, and calling us to teach and to preach the gospel. You see, loved ones, hear this, hear this, hear this. Jesus doesn't transform a life for the purpose of inactivity. Hear that. Jesus does not transform your life for the purpose of inactivity. Jesus transforms a life for the purpose of his glory. And Jesus is glorified as we become more like him and we become more like him as we declare his glory through the gospel. This is the secret to Paul's life. So captured with the gospel, so aware of his fragile nature and inability, but then so in love with Christ and the message, he must take the gospel forward. Here's a verse from Acts 20 that summarizes this so well. Look at this verse right here. Paul says, but I do not account my life of any value. Reminds me so much of Philippians 3. I consider all things lost compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. When I weigh the value of Christ and the rest of the world, even my own life, I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course, the race that God has assigned for me, the ministry that I have received. You see that? You and I have received a ministry in Jesus Christ. You can't just put it on the pastor or the elders or the other people. Maybe this is all of us in this together. I've received from the Lord Jesus, what? To testify to the gospel. I'm nothing, but in Christ, man, when I start seeing something, and I'm called to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This is Paul's secret to his life. So aware of Jesus Christ. So aware of the treasure of the Lord. So aware that he's a sinner who is saved by a savior. So aware that he's been given this task. So aware of the urgency of the day. And he must go forth and take the gospel with him. You know, I just love Paul so much because Paul eats the gospel for breakfast. Doesn't he? And lunch and dinner, but he doesn't just eat the gospel. 
He shares the gospel. He shares the gospel with anyone who will listen. Why? Because he's so transformed by it, he can't keep it in. That's the evangelism strategy for our church. We are so enthralled and in love with Jesus Christ. How can we keep it in? I say this a lot around here. The Holy Spirit's never in your life saying, shh, don't talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit's never, ever doing that. The Holy Spirit in us wants us to speak the message, whether we're rejected or not. It's not about us anyways. Paul's so transformed, he can't help but speak the message of the gospel. Why? Because it's his greatest purpose, proclaiming the gospel for the glory of God. Loved ones, it's impossible to make disciples without the proclamation of the gospel because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. The gospel is what God uses. The word of God is what God uses to make disciples. So the purpose that is found in Paul's life, he testifies before Agrippa, but the purpose continues. And now we find Paul's motivation. Point two, check this out. What's my motivation? Here it is, life change. Life change is my motivation in the gospel. Let me ask you a question. What excites you? It's always a great question. What fires you up, loved ones? What fires you up? What gets your heart? What are you most excited about? Is it always a great thing to ask your spouse because they probably know better than you do. Ask your children, ask a friend. What do you think I'm most fired up about? What do I really think about love? What do I spend my money on? What am I trying to do with my life? What really fires me up? What really excites me? Listen, if you, if you are truly growing in Jesus Christ, then life change in Christ must be top three in your life. Has to be. Life change in Jesus Christ has to be top three. Like, what are the other ones? Well, if you're, if you're becoming more like Jesus, I suggest to you, number one is the glory of God. Like the things you're most fired up about. If you're really in tune with your Savior, the glory of God, the gospel, the glory of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then life change in the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Top three in the life of the believer. If you and I are growing closer and closer to him and intimately with him, the glory of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and life change in the gospel. And this question becomes such an important test of our hearts. Each week, you and I, each week I have to check my heart and ask myself, each week, I mean, if not every day, where's my purpose? Robbie, where's your purpose right now? Robbie, where are your affections? They've, they've gone off track. They're, 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 they're not where they should be. What am I motivated by? I'm not motivated by the right things. I have to check that every single week. I need a spiritual checkup. Every single, every single day, I need a spiritual checkup. So do you. And that's what this series is right now. That's what we're seeking to do. And check out why. Check out the purpose as to why Paul is being sent. There's so much purpose. It's dripping from this text. I'm not joking. When I ever, whenever I look up on uh, verse 18, um, my eyes light up like they do. And like my heart starts to beat fast. I get so excited in verse 18 because it's just dripping with purpose for the gospel. And I check it out. Jesus says, I'm sending you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith, by faith, by faith in me, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. This is the purpose as to why Paul's being sent. Listen, it's so clear. Life change in Jesus Christ. It's so awesome. Notice five aspects of life change in this one verse. Notice number one is this, eyes are opened. Paul, I'm sending you that eyes might be opened. Jesus in Luke 4 stood up and said, fulfilling Isaiah, I have come, I have come to recover the sight of the blind. Physically, yes. Most importantly, though, most accurately, spiritually. Jesus is sent with his gospel and trusting his church with a message. Think about this. We hold a message that God will use to literally and, and spiritually open up eyes of the blind. 
What kind of power is that? Where's that power found? That power is only found in the gospel, can only be performed by Jesus Christ. It is so, so beautiful that eyes are opened. And that's why you and I, when we watch baptisms and we hear testimonies of men and women and children who have had their eyes opened through the power of the gospel, we smile, amen? We cheer and we have our tears forming in our eyes and running down our cheeks and we feel a joy in our hearts. So I was preaching in Harvest Branford last Sunday. I got to be here Saturday night, but not Sunday morning. So I missed some of the baptisms on Sunday morning. And, but I got a link sent to me of the videos and I was sitting in a taxi cab of, I'll tell you more about this in a little bit, but I was sitting in a taxi cab of all places with a couple of friends from the church. And I began to play some of the baptism videos from last weekend on the phone and turned up the volume. We're all sitting there kind of huddled in this cab. And I'm telling you, it wasn't long before the amen started and the joy was felt and the tears kind of glossing over in our eyes. And just the reality, here's another life where the eyes have been opened through the power of the message of the gospel. You just can't make this stuff up. It's just so awesome. It's just so awesome. And this is the, this is the message that we hold, but this is one aspect of the purpose. Notice what happens next, from darkness to light. So this is the motivation for life change, loved ones. We proclaim a gospel. People are turned from darkness to light. You're listening to Live in the Light with Robbie Simons. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard in Oakville, Ontario. Our postal code is L6L6X9. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.